Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bargamilis, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? It's, an, it's, I don't know. It's one of the, you know, that meme from 30 Rock where it's like, wow, what a week. And, and Jack is all like, lemon, it's Wednesday. And like, that's kind yeah. of how I feel yeah. in this moment. Yes, I, I would agree. She said, gesturing broadly at everything. Yeah, it, it, it kind of, it, it's been a week. Um, and, and, in, and in a long series of weeks. <laughs> yes, but, the, but this week, I think this week has kind of been one of the ones that sort of kicks your butt really hard. You know, the, um, for, for those who are tuning in, this is, this is, we, we've, we're now on week two of the, uh, of, of the, the SCOTUS leak. Um, can I just say I've never seen a SCOTUS leak in my entire lifetime? Apparently, I I don't remember having seen one either, but that has happened a couple of times. I feel like there have been Vox explainers on the subject. But as most of you listening know, we record in the D.C. area. So um, when I tell you that our news is saturated with this, I mean, our news is literally like overflowing with this. So yeah. it's it's uh it's been a week to watch a show about midwives. Yep. Let me tell you that. <laughs> An act of timing. Yeah. I, I, I would say, like, it, it kind of feels like this. You know how, like, The Handmaid's Tale premiered right when, like, the house was repealing health care for women? Like, I feel very much like we are, that, that Call the Midwife season 11 is ending right as the news is catching up with it. But Call the Midwife season 12 is already in production because the show is literally never ending. And I think uh, it's renewed through 14 at this point. Oh no! I just yeah. assume it's like cockroaches and Cher, <laughs> and I love Cher. You all know I love Cher. So yeah, Call the Midwife is going to go into like you know I don't get, guess what twenty fifty. <laughs> I'm going to be like in the old folks' home watching Call the Midwife. Sister Monica <laughs> Joan will probably still be there. She'll be like 170. She will. And that other voice you hear in the background is uh, Miss Carmen Groen, who is our Call the Midwife expert and recapper. <laughs> we thought we should bring her on to talk about the back half of the season since we brought my boss on to talk about the front half. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we desperately you, needed to talk about the back half because um you know as I told as I told Lacey you know the 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 ending is kind of a train wreck and she said oh what happens <laughs> well I mean usually it's not literal no <laughs> although although I will say and I guess I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit by talking about the finale before we talk about the rest of the season but I I will say given the sort of overall tone of this season we talked about this a lot in our first episode. Which was which was very grim and and pretty bleak and depressing. Like like I really thought more people were gonna die, or that like literally anyone <laughs> would die. I'm just it. I don't know. It feels like after a whole season of like, well, that man's foot fall off, <laughs> foot fell off, and this man is a literal Holocaust survivor, and you know this woman is beating her husband with a dog leash, and they don't own a dog. That that they might actually like go there, but they. They did not only not go there, they basically like laughed at you for thinking they would. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, two two characters from the very beginning. And one of them is married to the creator of the show. Right. So. I'm sorry, but the part where they were like, Sister Julianne's having a heart attack. And then she's like, JK, I was just really stressed. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess that's relatable these days. <laughs> but also, really? 
So Carmen, since yeah. we did, since you weren't here for the for the first half of, for for our first call, the midwife. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how did you how did you feel about the first half of the season? I'm curious, you know, because our our the part of the reason why we brought Nick on is because he was basically like, I'm so upset about the call, the midwife, and we were like, wait, really? Um, so yeah, I, he's I, like our he's like our one dude friend who who besides being my boss is our one dude friend that really loves called midwife, right? Right. So so how did you feel about the early half of the season and all of the depressing like foot falling off? Like do you think it do you think it was more depressing than normal because like I felt like it was more depressing than normal. I don't know. I don't know that I thought it was more depressing. I feel like and now that I hear this from you, maybe maybe it is, but um because I have a new granddaughter, I have a new baby in my life. I feel like I was doing a lot more boohooing because, oh, the babies. And I have more of a connection to it than I have when my kids were in college. <laughs> so I, I thought it was me <laughs> and, you know, my own personal situation. Um, I felt like, yeah, the, the one with the meth drinkers and the guy who lost his foot, I thought that was the most horrendous thing I think I've seen that I can remember ever happening on that show is that it just like came off in her hand I couldn't believe it um and but no I don't know that the stories I I remember stories that I felt really like were really touching and depressing from the past but you know maybe maybe it's just the way we're all feeling (laughs) It's true. I mean, you know, it did start off with, and and there are there were happyish moments uh-huh. with with, se- with the beginning of the season, like the 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 couple that that had that had the stillborn baby because he yeah. had been exposed to nukes, actually managed to have a healthy one. Mm-hmm. Like there were happier moments, but the thing that 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 struck both me and Lacey when we talked about the first half of the season was that it felt very unbalanced because it was very obvious that the Trixie Matthew romance was supposed to provide the happy joy mm-hmm. to the sadder parts and yeah, for- are you are you shipping that how are you feeling about that I think he's a good match for her actually because she's had different you know she what did she have a married guy she was dating at one point yeah or like a vicar there's also Jeff a vicar yeah she she she's she's made bad life choices when it comes to men yeah I mean they just they weren't right for her it wasn't that they were bad guys I mean the vicar married Barbara later because she was the wife of a or she was the daughter of a vicar she knew what the life was like and she was willing to do the things that a vicar's wife had to do and that didn't work out for Trixie um, so I think, you know, because he's, he's rather posh, but he's a very nice I mean, guy. He's ri- yeah, he's rich. So get that girl. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just think he's like, yeah, I think he's a good match for her. It did just seem kind of weird because, you know, his wife and all that. And like she was involved in yeah. all that. And mm-hmm. that's kind of very strange. I also think he's a, I, I sort of came around a little on him by the finale when he was sort of given some stuff to do outside of just hanging out with Trixie. Right. I just think he's a little boring. Yeah. And and while I am sympathetic to the argument that Trixie is one of those people who is like, I need to be the star in the relationship. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's not like that. 
doesn't work so well on TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And, you know, like, I just felt like the actors don't have that great a chemistry, mm-hmm. which for me sort of ruined it. Like, I can forgive two characters who have no business being together if their chemistry is so strong that it's just like, uh, you're going to ship them anyway. Mm-hmm. But like, it, this is kind of the opposite. Like, on paper, they should be the perfect couple, except that on screen, they're actually not. Mm. And that that for me really made it the two of them didn't work. And so therefore, I felt like the first four episodes were very unbalanced because what I was supposed to get from Joy there was not coming. Mm. Um, As as Lacey said, you know, the thing about the second half of the season is that um, Trixie, uh, the actress Helen George, um, was very, very pregnant by the second half of the season and so sort of disappears for the rest of it because she's off on maternity leave. Um, So we don't actually have Trixie around and we just have Matthew on his own. And I actually thought that them as a long distance relationship improved things because the lack of chemistry wasn't in your face (laughs) and so it no no I'm serious though like the two of them being like you know as an idea they're a great couple and so having them as an idea without the chemistry in the way worked really well Well, A that's kind of sad and B (laughs) I also think it's because we have yet to until right at the end of the season had yet to have a real opportunity to even get to know him outside of either the wife that died or Trixie. Yeah. So I think that I think that does help. I I would also say that, you know, that's one of the things about Call the Midwife that I do love is that like you know, that's usually the truth about the female love interest is that you don't really get to know them outside of the men. And in this, you don't really get to know Matthew outside of the women. Um, right. That's fair. Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> take I, that. I, I don't hate that. Um, but I do think that, like, actually giving him in the same way that giving women something to do always helps, giving men something to do always helps. Right. Well, with the um, when he was, yeah, the the helping the pregnant girl in the commune, well, the commune, whatever, um, the, the the squatters <laughs> that were hanging out in his warehouse. Um, he, yeah, he got really involved with that and. And of course, he was helping there at the end with the with the accident and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, he stepped up and apparently has like some medical training. Surprise. They never mentioned that. Random out of the blue. Um, Speaking of the hippies, um, (laughs) you know, I've been no, I have been waiting for Call the Midwife to sort of get to the hippies um, because we know that this is the you know, this is 1967. This is the summer of love. The hippies are everywhere. And like I know that in the East End, they weren't really around and that wouldn't really be um, that wouldn't really be, you know timeline correct but i have sort of wondered how they were going to handle that because you know especially in a period piece people expect that mm-hmm. and i thought bringing well, especially them in- what what year is it right now 67 it's, it, it, it's 67 um so that that's the thing is that like people expect if you're doing 1967 that the summer of love is going to feature the same thing happened in endeavor they had to find a way to bring in hippies because it was 1967 i feel like this is sort of i I, of all the ways they could have included hippies i actually really liked this because you know we don't really talk about the fact that dirty filthy hippies kind of were dirty filthy hippies living in squalor (laughs) And, and and having them be sort of the and, and having that be the way that that the call the midwife nuns and the 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 and the and the and the midwives really see them that way really felt authentic. But that they were kind of arty. Yes, of course, because they can't be too dirty. I mean, they were they were living in squalor, but I didn't feel like they really 
had been like it was just like oh is this sort of like how on Poldark all the miners are like incredibly clean despite <laughs> yeah. the fact that they spend like all their time down the mine and don't have running water and like they're and they're not coughing all the time even though they're breathing in coal yes exactly so weird well no we talked about this we actually talked about this with Ridley Road last week where um you know East End is kind of the call the midwife is kind of the clean version of the East End and so yes these were these were much cleaner hippies than they probably should have been it's like it's like artistically it's not it's not it's artistically it's artistically poor that's what it is because it's supposed to look run down but it's not gross i thought maybe they were middle class kids like playing at being oh like yeah like poverty tourism Mm -hmm. i would buy that (laughs) because like they were clearly i mean they were all clearly like educated and you know they didn't they didn't grow up in the street Mm -hmm. i just didn't under really understand how clover ended up with them because all she seemed to ca- care about was her baby. And please, I hope you're there when I, yeah, you're going to help me. You're going to support me. And then, of course, they had no intention of helping her, her friends. <laughs> uh, in my head, I had candidate that she, like, just didn't, she had either, like, a rough or unhappy home life or something. So she, like, turned to the family she chose yeah. instead of the family she was born with. Her mother died, I guess, was maybe what happened. And her dad didn't understand her. Uh, but the reason I asked about the year was because we have to talk about my favorite entire moment of this season. Can anyone guess what it was? Doctor Who? Yes! <laughs> and I was like, Sister A, this has made me forgive like a million Sister Monica Jones sins because she's a Whovian. Um, And two, I spent forever trying to be like, what doctor is she watching? <laughs> and if it's 67, there's actually two options because that that's the year that, that the first regeneration happens. Oh, so okay. I'm not sure at what point in the year in the year this story is taking place but she could have been watching Hartnell or Patrick Trump so there's your fun fact for the day but the thing is, um, the switch from Hartnell to Patrick Troughton was actually a huge deal. And it sort of got Doctor Who attention outside of the sort of kid audience that it had been aiming for. And so that's part of why it took off. So I sort of assumed it was Troughton because that was when the show first. And, and this is totally according to my father, who um, grew up in the UK and was a Whovian in the 1960s. Um, he said that he never watched Hartnell because Hartnell was for kids. <laughs> Because yeah, because I don't know enough about classic Who to be like to like if you ask me modern Who if you just showed me the title card I could tell you what Doctor it is like immediately because I'm a loser who has no life, but I can't do that with classic Who. Plus they don't change as much. Yeah. No, he said that when he went to uni in the late '60s, it was uh, Troughton and the and 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 um the third Doctor um, Pertwee. Yeah, Pertwee, and so th- and. And that basically, like all of the stoner, all the stoner friends that he had at uni, basically would sit around watching it in the same way that, like, we would the way, like, in when I was in college, like, uh, uh, ecstasy people would watch Teletubbies. (laughs) 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 That no, he really sort of he that was that was sort of the 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 one to one he made on that. (laughs) I it that that tiny little sequence came at the most fortuitous moment because I had had it like literally up to here. I'm gesturing like very high for those of you who can't see me, which is everyone. Um, With like Sister Monica Joan was very Sister Monica Jonish in the back half of this season, and Lord have mercy, was she ever? Ooh. I mean, I, I, you know, we said this, um, and, and I actually want Carmen's opinion on this. We said this when we were talking to Nick that, you know, when it comes to Sister Monica Joan or Sister Julianne or Dr. Turner or, you know, Dr. Turner's wife. Um, the people that have been you know, there from the beginning. 
the people have been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. When they finally exit the show, we're going to know before the season starts. And it's going to be a whole arc and it's going to be a whole marketing campaign to watch their last episodes, which is part of why when we reached the train crash, I said, none of these people are going to die. We literally said this like two weeks ago. What the heck? Um, and so I wasn't surprised when nobody died. But I, I just I want your opinion on do you think that we should be looking forward to monica joan or julianne or any of them leaving do you want that because you know i think both both Lacey and i are a little tired of miss monica joan <laughs> like every time i try to defend her they're like here's a whole episode where she goes and visits a media yeah right <laughs> like what <laughs> I did like the fact that there was a whole with that like that the, I think it was Cor- Nurse Corrigan turns around and calls her out for that. You yeah, visited, yeah, yeah I loved she that did. Moment. She did. Um, yeah, Monica Joan. Like half the time, I'm not really sure what she's talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but she does. You know, and then she comes up with this little bit of wisdom, and it's like, yeah, that is really uh, true. Why does she talk like she lives in 1912? I, though I, I just, I really like, I really noticed it more than ever yeah. this season that she uses really like, um, what's the word I want? Uh, anachronistic language, right, right, and esoteric. It's just, let's be nice. Let's call it esoteric. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Why. I, I, yeah, I'm just. I mean, I was thinking about it, and it's like um, back. I don't know what season she. Uh, left but um oh gosh what was her name darn it it was pam ferris um i I don't know it's like you know some of these have been that were around for a while were older they died or left or went on and it's just like yeah how old should monica joan be i mean the actress is like 85 86 years old um but you know, same thing with like the Dowager. You know, why why is she oh, still around? Oh yeah, oh, no. no, no. Maggie Smith can be eternal. I don't care. <laughs> and, and and to be fair, like Maggie Smith actually makes fun of the fact yeah. that like the 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 math no longer works. That there is no reason for her to still be alive as part of the show, and that she's only alive as part of the show because the show is fantasy. And Pam Ferris was sister Evangelina. Thank and she you. Left in season five. Um, I do. I had to look it up though because I really wasn't sure. And and she had a stroke and I mean that was very sad and that was unexpected. I didn't I didn't guess that she was going. <laughs> well, I was all like, "Oh, I guess sister I guess it'll be sad without sister Julianne." Until cuz in the wake of that conversation where like sister Frances and everybody were trying to figure out like what, what would they do? What like what would they do? What would the future of Nanatus look like if she wasn't there? And and while they were talking, I realized that that'd be a really great story. Yeah. 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 And 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 by the way, Ju- Judy Parfit, I, I looked it up. She is 86 at okay. this point. Yeah. Um, she was born in 35. So, you know, honestly, like if you actually do the math and put an 86 year old in 1967, she was born, you know, in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let let let's. So, you know, maybe maybe her talking like she's from 1912 isn't actually all that inaccurate. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's especially true. if that's when she went into the monastery and sort of stopped, uh, you know, sort of checked out of society in a lot of ways. Right, right. Um, and and you know, I don't, I mostly at this point, I feel like there are things that are are remnants from the early years of Call the please, Midwife. Please stop with the Vanessa Redgrave. Oh, please. <laughs> like I just, I can't. It's so bad. I feel it feels like an alien came in and just started reading like random cue cards because it has 
nothing to do with the episode and they're so like vomitously saccharine yeah um and, and they really th- th- i think this one i think the part of why i feel like that especially right now is that you know the whole train wreck thing and the ah, i didn't have a heart attack you know psych um <laughs> having, i was just really stressed out and then having vanessa redgrave come in just felt so incongruous mm-hmm. in a way that i was really like like yes i usually think she's kind of jarring but this felt it especially was really weird egregious. especially especially because and i know i've said this before so i'm sorry for repeating myself guys but like that voiceover voice is supposed to be like old Jenny. Yeah. And Jenny has not been on this show for going on nine years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's the show's vestigial tale. I just, I tune out. I don't even listen to what she says. What I, It doesn't make any sense. It's no. just so bad. And it is, I mean, I assume she must be contracted for like as long as the show will run or until Vanessa Breadgrave gets tired of it, whichever comes first. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they continued with that for so much, for, for so much longer. And um, I don't know. Yeah. Sister Julianne, I mean, she has... I I feel like she I don't know she is more conservative. Um, she is a little bit grumpier than she used to be, um, and I do think you see like what did you feel about maybe this is something you already talked about when she was um, when she had the uh, dizziness you know she had to stay in bed and she handed over the ceremony to Sheila. Oh, that was actually oh, right, what right, right. that was actually what caused our conversation in oh, the in the, okay. in the other episode of of when will one what will happen when one of these characters goes and that we knew this character wasn't going to go because there was no fanfare about her going. She isn't just going to go. Right. Um but yeah, I, I I didn't feel that one was as egregious as the heart attack because I also really liked the fact that we suddenly had this sort of power struggle mm. among the nuns. But Sheila's not a nun. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, and she used to be. I know. Yeah. But you know how would Hil- how did Hilda feel when it was handed over to a layperson to do something that was for for Nanatis? You know, I I felt bad for her, and I would have liked to. S- have seen what she did with the party like i think all of those things are really are really interesting sort of narrative paths to go down that would be mm-hmm. something different for the show instead of sister julianne just miraculously recovering for like the fourth time yeah i mean i should have realized they weren't going to kill off dr turner because i forgot that he's married to what's her name heidi um, heidi thomas mm-hmm. heidi thomas the creator of the show hi um but uh, like, like they just kept, and maybe it would be less irritating if they hadn't spent so much of that episode being like, "Oh no, she's having a heart attack." Oh no, he has a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. Oh no. I felt like some of that was build up also for the fact that um, what is Doctor Turner's kid's name? Timmy. 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 Yeah. Um, or I think it's actually Tim, and I just call him Timmy to be like a diminutive jerk. He goes by Tim now because he's twenty. Yeah. Because he's grown up. He looks like he's 12. He does not look like he's 20. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like some of what we got there in that in in with with the with Dr. Turner's brain hemorrhage and her having what seemed like a heart attack was just as much for him to prove that he knows what he's doing as a doctor, even if he doesn't have the coat yet and and hasn't actually like finished school. 
I, I, I thought that that was sort of the point of that. And so I sort of figured that both would survive because, you know, we weren't told that we're going to die this season. Because of the argument that they had, too, before the father and son and saying, I have to make my own mistakes. You have to let me do this myself. So him actually making the mistake of, I think she's having a heart attack. Oh, no, she's not. <laughs> Made perfect sense on some level, even if it was also like, you know, psych. Even if she had all of the symptoms of a heart attack. Right. Yeah. It, just because it looks like a heart attack and walks like a heart attack and talks like a heart attack, it's not actually a heart attack because it's Sister Julianne. There's a lot of confusing things like that. <laughs> And look, just as like a public health announcement, like generally heart attacks do present differently in women than men. So like read up on it out there, ladies, because it's not just because your arm goes numb. It doesn't or you're really stressed. It doesn't mean you're having a heart attack. Yeah, Yeah, I actually discovered that tinnitus is a a symptom. Um, Yeah. Is that is that ringing in your ears? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there are, there are a lot of ones that like, I didn't know existed, um, like dizziness and stuff like that, that totally like doctors will think if women report that, that they, the first thing they'll do is check you for a heart attack, even if you didn't have one, um, just in case. Nausea. Nausea is a big one. Yeah. So, you know, I, (laughs) I have to say, um, speaking, uh, speaking of the, 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 the injuries sustained in the train wreck, um, I felt really bad about the guy with the brain tumor who uh-huh. was driving and the fact that the the wife is having the baby um i actually probably would have preferred it if the show had focused more on that instead of feeling the need to put characters main characters who, on who the weren't train in any danger in any danger mm-hmm. yeah i feel like I, and i feel like actually that sort of took away from what was actually an incredibly sad story of this woman who loses her husband in a train crash right as she like right as she like has the son he always wanted yeah, yeah. And, and 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 that uh, she suddenly has to deal with all these people who think that he might have been the one when it's really that he was sick and nobody knew Right. Rather than he was reckless or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really I, I I, think that for me was the biggest problem with putting main characters on the train other than not killing them. Um, not that I want not that I want Dr. Turner or Sister Julian to die. I'm just saying, um, you know, if you're going to put them in harm's way and then not actually harm them, you're detracting from the, the characters who we could have had serious emotional uh, responses to. If that makes sense. Right. And they just threw in that woman, the tea lady. Um, Oh, gosh, the tea lady. That was so random. I mean, you know, oh, hi, I you had I had nine babies with you guys. And I mean, she seemed like a very nice lady. And then, of course, it tied together with the. um, Oh, Carol, Carol. her baby dying and and being buried with her. Um, You know, that was nice. Um, But yeah, it's like she just. How do we feel? How do you How do fe- feel <laughs> about, about um, normally call the midwife does not do these big sort of like, for lack of a better phrase, action set pieces right. like the train mm. crash. How do we feel about them trying to do that? Do we think it worked? Do we think it didn't? I don't know. I don't I don't feel like the story that came out of it was good enough to justify all of the like two parter hullabaloo. But that's just me. Hullabaloo. Excuse me. Hullabaloo was an acapella group. I, I don't mind having a several episode arc story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have always, um, even before that became like the the big trend in television with, with 
like Game of Thrones and other prestige television doing like, you know, um, novel length arcs. I I have always liked that in television. I like a story that lasts for like half a season. And I don't mind having, you know, maybe a train wreck happen in episode two that then leads to all the problems that come for the next six episodes. Like, I think that that would work really well in a show like this. And, you know, especially with CGI and, you know, becoming cheaper and a show like this that is a hit, getting a larger budget. I don't think that's a bad use of the money. But I do think that the way that they tackled it here was not to the best effect. It, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it it involved the community the way they always do. You know, it didn't just, it wasn't just the people on the train. It affected- Right, like there's, all, there, there, there's, um, there's a- Lonnie and, and at the church and the, and and them going and and the woman with the and, and having the glass in her uh, eye yeah <laughs> I know I know I mean so you know and it was like them coming together of course like they always do to help one another um and you know that's expected Is it wrong that sometimes I just want a storyline where the neighborhoods really mean to each other <laughs> like it's always so nice and supportive I'm like can you guys fight or yeah I don't know boycott Fred's store or something that's something petty <laughs> this is well I felt like too the 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 um, the domestic abuse that that woman in that episode was like the creepiest, weirdest. I mean, that I can't remember somebody that I know. We definitely did. We definitely did not go subtle with that, right? That because was not usually, like a subtle power struggle, right? Anything that was like whipping someone with a dog leash, right? Usually, when they have somebody who is a baddie, you know, or whatever, it there's another side to them you at least understand why they're the way they yeah, are have, having a, you don't usually have purely evil characters in a show like call the midwife and she was like so unrepentant yeah too. right she's basically like i would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you stupid nuns like <laughs> honestly <laughs> oh and what she said and the she's, nuns got into the mystery mobile and drove away and drove away well, and she said, like, at the end, she's like, oh, my husband, he'll change his story because love runs deep in our house. <laughs> I thought that is Yeah, so I, I have to say it, it, it was a little creepy. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and. You know that that episode is the same one where 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 Trixie uh, leaves for Portofino, which I assume she's going to turn up on the Hotel Portofino show now in June. <laughs> um, so in that that episode was so I don't know, like it felt so like disparate. Mm-hmm. Like we have this incredibly evil woman, and then we have what is like the the happy stuff of 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 Phyllis getting the premium bond and Trixie going off to Italy, and like I was just like, man, I I I don't, and especially because that was the one right after the Holocaust episode, mm-hmm. where I was like, this is the darkest season ever. I was like, okay, this is so dark that I'm almost laughing at it, and I'm not sure that that's a good idea. I felt like that one um, in particular also was like one of Linda Bassett, who plays Nurse Crane. I I just, you know, she she was so shocked and kind of like thrown by winning the money. Her reaction to that was very interesting. And I was I th- I thought it was very touching. And then when she's trying and it's the same episode and she's trying to help uh, Lucille through her um 
miscarriage and she's trying not to cry so that she can help her and i was just like oh my gosh give this woman an award oh i forgot that was the one i forgot that was the miscarriage episode for some reason i thought that was this that happened with the hippies but no that was episode five you know it was just she was it was a range of things happening it was good and bad but she was just yeah i thought she was great but she's but she's still very understated about yeah. it which is what because I, I feel like i feel like there's pro, you know I, i'm not an actor but i assume there would be like a real like sort of you know like you want to be really big with that or mm-hmm. something and she said she's just really like internal and quiet it was really good yeah. i really felt um so bad for lucille yeah when, yeah that was a, that was a really genuinely like heartbreaking storyline, um, even though like I, I I there was a little bit of relief because, you know, Cyrus is still fighting for a job and they're both not in a great position to have a kid right now. So maybe may, maybe this is, you know, the world working out things working out the way they should but at the same time it was also just again in 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 the in terms of acting like that that performance was really great Mm -hmm. also i really love nurse crane coming back at the end after all the train nonsense and being like get up what the heck (laughs) clearly y'all didn't hear i was coming back (laughs) well clearly her trip did not chill her out (laughs) nope (laughs) but i love that it was miss higgins that called her and said, we need you to come back. I love their little weird friendship. You know, I like Miss Higgins. Yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't like Higgins when she first showed up, but she's really grown on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Like it, fungus. Right. I mean, you know, she was a horrible house guest earlier oh, in God, the season. She was. Uh, I, I, I did I, I did like the story of her getting her own house, though. I, yeah. I thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, and... Speaking of cute, can we just talk about the fact that Carol looks like she's 12? <laughs> like, seriously, 12. Like, I understand that, it's like, like... It's like you want to be like, babies should not be having babies. Right. Right? Like, that is such a baby shouldn't be having... And, like, I get that she's supposed to be a teenager and that she's supposed to be really young and that she doesn't want birth control and this is, like, a whole thing and that she herself was in foster care and there's a whole, like, I want children to love me because I want to have a family, etc. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, are you even old enough to be having your period? Honey, has anyone taught you how to use a tampon, let alone birth control pills? And what? why are these guys all chasing after her? Oh, I guess because they like 12 year olds. I don't know. Let's I mean, that was that we really don't want to know the answers to. Right. I, I yeah. I mean, I thought she did a really good job. I, you know, but I just yeah, I thought she looks way, way, way too young. Um, I really did like her dynamic with uh, Sister yeah. Francis, though. Sister right. Francis seems like just such a good person. Yes. Yes. I love Sister Francis is a, such a value added character. Um, you know, when she. As I think it was basically like her first season when I first started watching the show, and I just I really of all the characters who have been added, like I don't mind Nurse Nancy, but I can she's like, I actually really like Nurse Nancy, but I think it's because she's a person I would want to hang out with mm. versus like Sister Francis is just a better person. <laughs> yeah, like I just I really love Sister Francis as like a calming loving presence. Like of of uh, you know, as someone who who hasn't had a lot of experience with nuns, she seems like the nun ideal. 
And and if you've seen her from the beginning, which you, you said, you know, she probably joined in when you started watching. She's really matured. She's really like gotten mm. more confidence. Yes. Um, yeah. She's though. I still if 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 I had to if Helen George were to leave tomorrow, the show would become about Lucille in a lot of ways to me. She yeah. feels like the strongest midwife of the group for the show to sort of like coalesce around. Um, and, and this is actually something I started thinking about because Trixie disappeared for the second half of the season. I mean, I'm obviously Helen George is going to come back for season 12. You know, she's had her kid, etc. Um, but at the same time, like I, it did make me ask if Trixie goes, who who is the center of this show? Um, and, you know, Nancy has potential, but I don't think she's there yet. Um and and the others, you know, as as much as I love Nurse Crane, she's there's a level where she's more of a boss figure than a central figure. Mm-hmm. And the same with the same with Hilda, she's more of a she she's not she's not centralized like that. Mm-hmm. I think Nancy reminds me the most of like uh sort of of like a Jenny or a um who is it that uh who is it that just like died suddenly? We were Barbara. All to Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh still not over that by the way well neither is nurse crane <laughs> neither is, is nurse crane because she's she's still like very when lucille got married um you know and her dress was hanging on the door because barbara had been her roommate um been nurse crane's roommate and she was just kind of like you know it kind of right. brought back like, the memories and then when they wanted miss higgins to move in that had been barbara and tom's house that she moved into so all those things oh, were right. mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, she was... Um, barbara was one of those characters that was gone before i ever started watching so i had oh. to kind of like back up and like find out who she was um because there are definitely references to her the show hasn't let that go in a way and i think which that's... is i guess really a value out of a show that's been on this long mm-hmm. because it can do things like that it has this built-in history yeah. that it can use to make its store richer. but nobody talks about chummy <laughs> oh chummy well she was rich she was rich and slumming it anyway yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a little bit like valerie like that was another one who like when she left i was like oh i i, I didn't realize she was kind of no, on the show. i get i get a lot of um i get a lot of like a jenny r barber from nancy because as much as i love sister francis like i don't she seems like just really grounded and good and and less likely to have the sort of like uh struggles is the wrong word but i just don't feel i don't feel like she's as as much of a a drama magnet if you right Hmm. well what i like about her though is because she's one of the younger nuns she's like okay but i you know uh, you know she was kind of concerned how am i going to help these women when i have no experience in what they're going through and so she's always like trying to to figure out ways to help them and to for her to relate to them, I did laugh when someone was like, "Who's just not going to go out and go with men?" And she's like, "Well, <laughs> me." <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. Um. Speaking. So speaking of you know Trixie coming back in season twelve, what do you guys want next spring? The one thing that this show does consistently is that every year is the next year. Right. So it'll be sixty-eight next year. Uh. I don't know what what's the big, you know. They try to do his like you know like they try to bring things in. They did the Eurovision thing. Well, they really they just did. sort of like mentioned Eurovision was happening. I they? was very disappointed by Eurovision. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I just need to know more about 
how Monica Jones started watching Doctor Who. That's, <laughs> I need to know is who is her doctor? How did this happen? Like, I have many questions. Well, you know, she's just. Do you remember when they got the television? Didn't they like get it to watch the World Cup or something? Like, well, they got it to watch something specific. I think. And that was how some historical tie-in thing happened. She kept going around the neighborhood trying to find a place to watch television because Sister Julianne wouldn't let them have one. That was how it started. And then and then somebody donated one to them. And I think she even watched Doctor Who back in the earlier 60s one time. So I bet she's a Hartnell girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Um, okay, so I'm um, looking at 1968 in UK history. The Abortion Act of 1967 comes into effect. They have mentioned that. Oh, they d- yeah. they mentioned that. Yeah. They mentioned that in episode seven, I think, about um, about may, they must have le- they must have like legalized yeah. it, and it didn't really go into effect until the next year. Right. Um, Manchester United wins the European Cup. Um, there are strikes in the summer. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm. I'm just. I'm just going through. Uh, the yellow submarine comes out. Um, as in we all live in. Yeah, a... Have we really done that? Have we really done the Beatles? Um, a little. We've done some jokes about the Beatles. Like I know they've mentioned it, but yeah, yeah. There hasn't been like a real serious. Uh, the uh the 1968 Olympics is in Mexico City. Um, maybe they'll watch that on television. Um, no, see. I bet it's got to be about abortion. Because yeah, I feel like that's got to be the big thing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like abortion is a thing. I feel like the Beatles might be a thing. The Kinks also uh, released their big album in 1968. Um, so maybe we're gonna have to have Nick come on and talk to us about the Kinks because I feel like that's a thing that he would totally do. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the Great Flood of 1968 in Southeast England. That's oh, and hair opens in London. So there you go. There, there are some things that they could probably possibly uh, uh, cover. None. Of, I really. I, out of all of those, I think it has to be abortion. Yeah, it has to be the big thing. Because they. I mean, because it's been a story back when Val, Val's grandmother was doing the backstreet abortions, and you know they've just seen who is in jail for that still. Yeah. No, she so... died. She died. Oh, that's right. She did die. I was like, maybe she'll get out of jail. That's why Val but... left. Apparently, they sold London Bridge in 1968 <laughs> to an American. I don't know. I'm looking at this, and that's just very strange. Um, this is this is one of this is like History.com that I'm like basically oh. scrolling through. <laughs> um, oh, decimalization. Oh, there's one. I don't even pe- know what that and, means. And 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 the retiring of and the retiring of things like uh, 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 the retiring of of funky coins and the introduction of five and ten pence. Um, oh, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that that affect the the buckles. People have very irrational feelings about money. It's why we still have a penny for some reason. Right. We have pennies so that we can put them in, a, so we can put them in a jug in my house, and every so often take them to the coin thing and get an Amazon uh, gift certificate. <laughs> I used to do that too, but now I don't pay for anything with cash, so I don't get any change. Mm. Um, what was I going to say? All right, while before we go too long, every let's go around, start. Let's do our around the horn of what do we want next season. I will give a real answer and not just info about. Monica Jones Doctor Who habits, which is also a real answer, but I suspect of interest only to me. Carmen. Uh 
I don't know. I just, I just, whatever they go with. Um, huh, I don't know. Come back to me. <laughs> okay. okay. Annie. Um, honestly, like my response to what I would like to see in season 12 is I would like to start, see the show start to think about changing things up. Um, you know, we have had a very stable kind of, you know, flow going here for the show. And I know that like there's a level where they don't, you know, if, 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 if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but I would, I, 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 it's like I the show's I, entire brand. It is, but I would like to see, I would like to see them start to make decisions about whether or not Sister Monica Joan needs to start to, you know, Get, reach retirement. retire retire um i would like to see i would like to see um sister julianne really consider also retirement i, I would like to see some shake up in those fi- in 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 those characters that have been there now 12 years and counting um i don't know if that'll happen um i do know that if they do something like the train wreck again i would like it to come much earlier in the season so that we have many more episodes for the aftermath to play out because i didn't hate that i just hated where it happened in the season Hmm. okay carmen do you want me to go next yeah go ahead okay mine is uh i really like uh nurse nancy and i would like more for her to do that is not about her daughter because I feel like too much of her, I feel like, too, I mean, I know it's very important, but like, I, I really liked it when she got the chance to go to the conference and like learn about the future of midwifery and stuff. And it wasn't just all about her kid. So I would like more of that for her. And also to know more about Sister Monica Jones, Doctor Who habits. <laughs> well, as far as the the older nuns, um, Sister Monica Joan is retired. I mean, she's they just take care of her for the rest of her life she doesn't go out and do anything anymore so she would either have to be like needing more care in a nursing home for her to have to leave nanadas otherwise that is what she gets she gets to stay there with them um but yeah i would be interested in seeing like a maybe kind of a little bit of shift of power maybe julianne giving over some more of her duties yeah, I, I think you know. that that was. I, I think that has real potential yeah. to 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 give drama without it being without needing to crash trains. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I don't know. I just I, I don't know. I, I really I like the Turner family. Um, well, I, the I Turners don't, aren't allowed to go anywhere. I'm sorry. I, I don't no, know that no. they're going to. Uh, you know, you know, maybe a resolution finally with their foster daughter that they could finally get to actually adopt her or something um or i don't know i mean he you know he's a good guy and he does so much for the community and works together so well with everybody and um the thing about uh sheila is i always feel like she's so well i guess they kind of showed that i'm sorry i'm going back to what happened they kind of showed her finally kind of like breaking down a little bit. She's always so professional. She's so organized. She's so good at everything. And then when that baby was born with its guts hanging out, she kind of like broke down because she's like, this is something I, you know, I try. She held it together at the time, but, you know, she's not perfect. <laughs> None of us are. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'd like to see something, you know, change with their dynamic or something. I don't know. I just take what comes and I write about the the, the uh, episodes. 
And I'm very glad that you do because I just don't think I don't think I could. Um, it's just a little. It's just, it's like it's just a lot of emotion. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't need to try to like process it critically. But uh, that is called the Midwife season eleven, y'all. As I said, season twelve is already in production, and will be with us in 2023 because death taxes call the midwife. That's what happens. Um, Carmen, thank you for coming on and chatting with us. Thank you. I I enjoy. I, it's something I've been watching for so long. I I'm happy to talk about it. Woo-hoo. Tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Brit Telly Addict, and I'm uh, on Instagram at British Telly Addict, um, where I mostly just show pictures of my my dog <laughs> on Instagram. It's fine. Um, but on um, on Twitter, you know, what I'm reading, what I'm watching, and what basketball's doing for me, but that's not happening right now. So, because <laughs> my team didn't make it into the finals. <laughs> womp womp. Um, I don't really even have a pro team. I guess I sort of vaguely root for Brooklyn because Joe Harris plays for them and DC because I live here, but they don't ever really do anything. So, anyway, Annie, off the sports ball, tell people where you are. I have no idea what you people are talking about. Uh, Those are the names of basketball teams. Uh huh. I see. Yeah, basketball. That's the thing with the orange ball, as opposed yes. to the thing with the egg-shaped ball, as opposed to the thing with the baseball. Um. Let's see. You can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats um, and their ability to open doors at Annie Bundle on Instagram. I am a staff writer at Lee Daily. I am also a an associate editor here at televisions and i freelance around the web um and i will be talking about dr strange this week and the wilds um so you know you can if you want to read about those things you know just basically like go to my twitter because i retweet all of my bylines and that's where you can find the stuff that i write all right um yeah that's about it thanks bye huzzah um, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web, but I always tweet my bylines. So come and be my friend and you can see whatever I'm yelling about. My cats are on Instagram at Baker and Hammer. And yeah, the internet. It's a thing that's happening. The site and the pod are on social media at Tele underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. You can listen to our podcast on YouTube at Weta PBS, and you can subscribe to our shiny new newsletter that goes out every Wednesday at televisions.org slash subscribe. While you are at the site, you can click on that donate button up top on televisions.org to help us keep making all of this great content for your ears and eyeballs and get access to PBS Passport at the same time, which will allow you to binge a lot of things early. Goodness, there's so many now. I can't even do all of them. Like the Annika is on there before it airs this year. All of Ridley Road is already up there, even though it hasn't aired. Cobra Season 2 is up there. There's tons of options. Go check it out. Um, Is that all my spiel? Did I get through all that this week? Um, I think so. It feels like it's getting longer and longer. So for the few of you that make it this far, thank you. I appreciate you so much. Uh, We will be back with more thoughts on British TV. But in the meantime, go out and enjoy the like three days of nice weather that we get here in the D.C. area. If you are also here where we are. Uh, If not, I hope it is better weather literally anywhere over here. Uh, Be nice to yourselves. Be nice to others this week. It is rough out there. We are all going through some stuff. So I don't know. Read a book. Watch a TV show. All of these things are good, relaxing things. And do something nice for somebody else. It always makes me feel better. 
in the meantime, uh, we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>